Thanks for joining us this evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. We're glad that you are here. Amen. We're privileged to have Pastor Al Pittman with us this evening, pastor at Calvary Worship Center here in Colorado Springs, and also an NBC alumni. Pastor Al, thank you for joining us and blessing us this evening. He's going to help us hear from the, from the Lord. Let us all stand as we worship. I'm so thankful for what God, all God has done and how he loves us so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, God made him, he made Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In him we might become the righteousness of God. So let's, let's worship this evening. Do I need to turn this on? I guess not. Amen. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's good to see you this evening. God is good, isn't he? Oh, how he loves you and me. Now, I know you're sitting out there, and you're, many of you are looking at me for the first time and sitting here to judge me. So oh, you've seen me before. Amen. Good to see you guys. Uh, but I want you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying tonight. I want you to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We serve an amazing God. A mighty God. And we live in extraordinary times. We live in uh, times of, uh, of great uh, distress. Times of um, great compromise. You know, the Bible talks about in the last days that many people will fall away from the faith. Many believers that we thought would never fall away. We watched many of them fall by the wayside. And it's very disturbing, you know, I'm sure to you, has been to me. There's some people that have asked for a show of hands, how many of you know of someone who maybe even led you to the Lord that has fallen away from the Lord? Probably everybody's hand would go up. Or someone that you looked up to once in the church and they're no longer around. There's a crisis within the church in these troubling times. And yet, there's not, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a Christian. Because the world is full of so much hopelessness. I mean, the world has gone crazy, amen? I mean, it really has. Uh, we've got people down here, even in Colorado Springs, uh, raising their children, who's obviously a boy, uh, to be a girl. And letting the child, I mean, I, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is this science fiction? Is somebody going to wake me up? Is this a bad movie? Do people really think this way? Thinking themselves wise, somebody said, they became fools. So we live in some very crazy <laughs> dark days. And yet, some of the most exciting days if we will indeed follow the Lord with all of our heart. And how can we not follow him? Uh, someone who loves us the way he loves us. My God, how the Lord has loved me. And all I, you know, the only response, the only reasonable response is to love him back. So I want to share with you his word uh, that he has laid upon my heart. I know your theme is God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. And, and uh, as, as a lot of preachers, I, I just paid no attention to that. And I'm just going to share with you what I believe God has laid on my heart. But no, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I really felt like I had this word. Actually, I had another word a few months ago, and uh, along with the theme, but then I couldn't make it. And so here I am tonight. But 
I'm honored here to be with you. It's always a blessing to come, and uh, I'm, I'm humbled by it. I, I just, I'm just amazed at uh, uh, how good God has been to me. But let's pray and ask God to bless his word. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would be glorified at this time. Father, I pray that no flesh would be exalted in this place. This is not my time. This is your time. This is not our time. It's your time. We're your servants, and we're here to hear your voice and what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these very troubling days. And yet, Father, we thank you that we, we serve a God who is not intimidated by the times we live in. That, Lord, you have given us your power. You've given us your spirit. The one who sits on his throne and laughs at the nations as they plot against his beloved son. Lord, you're not intimidated by our times. And may you give us, Lord, your spirit tonight, that spirit which is not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So that we might, Lord, uh, through our lives, you might, through our lives, uh, use us, Lord, for your glory. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We commit this time to you. Let your word go forth and accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know, I've titled, entitled this message, uh, hold on, I don't get too loud here. <laughs> titled the message, The, the Trembling. And we're talking about the trembling. And, and um, what I'm talking about, in, in essence, as you'll see here in a moment, is really uh, trembling before the Word of God. As I look at my, my, my ministry that God's called me to, and the calling on my own life, and, and, and all the, the mess ups of my life, and everything else that goes with it, and I'm amazed at how gracious God has been, and all. And I look down the road and I go, Lord, I don't know if I can make it to the end. One of the things that comes to my mind is the very fact that, you know, if you're going to make it to the end, and especially in these day, the days and times that we live in, you're going to have to be someone who learns to tremble at the word of God. A lot of what's going on in the church today, because a lot of the stuff I talked about, the craziness out in the world, is, is crept into the church. It's, it's in the church today. A lot of the things, embracing homosexuality and embracing of, uh, of liberal theology and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, we, how do we avoid that? How do we avoid compromising in our own lives as believers? Because, listen, no one has ever been effective in the kingdom of God who has compromised. And, and God has a standard, and that standard is that we tremble at his word. In fact, the Bible says that God honors his word more than his own name. How important is the word of God to you? How important is the word of God in your life? What authority does the word of God have in your life? Kind of reminds me of a couple that I was counseling one time, and they were living together. And I said, you know, and I showed them in Scripture, don't let your good be evil spoken of. I talked about fornication and how that's a sin and all that. I said, hey, you guys, you need to get out of that situation. You need to move out. And they were a little bit older than me, so, you know, they, they figured they had some, uh, some, some years on me. So, you know, who's this young punk kid telling us how to live? But they were being gracious and listening to what I said. And after I spoke with them, shared the word with them, and mildly rebuked them, but was stern with them, uh, they kind of looked at me and said, well, we'll take what you said under advisement. And kindly smiled. And, and praise the Lord, that's one of those stories where they did finally repent and they moved out and they were grateful they did because they said, what are we going to tell our kids who want to do the same thing? You know. But I thought about that. I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of the attitude that we find many times that prevails within the church. Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ten suggestions. Thank you, Lord. We will take your word under advisement, and then we'll do what we want to do. And why is that spirit prevailing in the church? It's something that's a burden on my, my heart. And that's because we do not tremble at God's word. We don't forgive each other. We don't, we don't love each other. We don't show grace toward each other. We're not merciful to each other. We don't get along with people. We can't sit with black folks. We can't sit with white people. We can't do this. Why? Because we do not tremble at the word of God. 
Something's wrong in God's house. And I believe it's because we don't tremble at his word. And when we speak his word, you know, Jesus spoke the word of God. He spoke as one with a head authority. That's what God's word, that's our only authority is God's word. Zechariah said it well. He said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The power of God is looking to reside and to rest on men and women today who will tremble at his word. Hey, listen, education's wonderful. That's why you're here. You should study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of God. But education will not give you power. Programs will not give you power. A, a, a three-piece suit and diamond rings won't give you power. Amen? A large church will not give you power. We've heard of pastors who pastored churches in the thousands who have fallen because they cease to tremble at the word of God. Here's my prayer, and I'm not setting myself up as somebody who has arrived or whatever. I'm just here to say that, you know what, God, if I'm going to make it down the road, if I'm going to be a light in this perverted generation, if I'm going to be an effective instrument for the kingdom of God, if I'm going to impact this world, I must be a man after your heart and a man who trembles at your word. That's where it all begins. That's where it all ends. The trembling is reverence for the word of God. And it must be brought back to the church of God if we're ever going to see true revival. I didn't say true emotionalism, but true revival. Because everything else that we do, I have come to the conclusion through my many years walking with the Lord, and I sure haven't arrived. I'm like Paul. I have not arrived. Believe you me. But after coming this far, I really believe that everything else that we do, if we do not tremble at God's word, is merely performance. You know, you can become a pretty good speaker, you know, doing it, uh, you know, every week of the year and all of that. You can be a great orator, but it's not a substitute for God's power. Everything else, I don't care if you have the hottest worship band and, and all that and the coolest dress and all those things, it's all performance to God unless we tremble at his word. A.W. Tozer, he's one of my favorite authors. He said this, he says, Christians don't tell lies, they just go to church and sing them, close quote. Oh Lord, you're beautiful, I surrender all. I think kind of uh, the Lord may be saying, as he said in the book, I believe of Malachi, where he told him, said, I'm sick of your singing, sick of your words, because you don't mean it. Christians don't tell lies. No, we just go to church and sing them. The times we live in, listen, there are mighty men and women of God here tonight. The times we live in demand, a dying world demands, the confused transsexual demands, the confused alcoholic, the person that's depressed, the person that's going from relationship to relationship demands that we, there's a people of God who trembles at his word because God's word is all we have to give them everlasting hope. 
The world is screaming. They're crying out. They're so confused. They're, they're going crazy. And it's men and women of God who tremble at the word who really have an answer to their pain and their anxiety. But if we don't tremble, we say, oh, no, let's try to be more like them. That's a mistake. I'm not talking about dress and culture and all that. Paul said, by all means, I will win some. It's not the means. It's really where our heart is. Do we truly tremble at his word? And they need men and women of power. Men and women who are not of the spirit of the world, but they're of the spirit of God. Power, love, and a sound mind. Who can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only proclaim it, but live it. And I was speaking to the congregation the other day. I'll read the text here in a second. I'm just rambling here. <laughs> no, but I was speaking to the congregation the other day about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar, when he saw them in the furnace... And the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar said, Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God. And if you know the story, you know that he wanted everybody to worship his, his idol that he created. But now all of a sudden his theology got changed. When? When he saw believers walking in the fire with Jesus. When the world sees you walking through life and the trials of life with Jesus, that's when you would transform them and convince them that your Jesus is real. And then he said at the end of that experience, he said, he said, everybody's going to worship this God because there is no other God who saves like this. There is no other God in the world that saves like the God we serve that, 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 that can give life through his word. There is no other God. But unless we tremble at his word, they will not believe. We will not be able to walk in the flames of our trials and the flames of life and so that they can look at us and say, they don't even smell like smoke. What do you have that I need? They won't believe it if we don't tremble at his word. And those three Hebrew boys, as we know, trembled at the word of God. They said, King, you know, you can do whatever you want. You want to throw us in the fire and slap the barbecue on us because we're going, baby. But we will not bow down to your God. You can't do that unless you tremble at the word. My text, <laughs> Isaiah 66, at least I will start there, verses 1 to 4. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Then he says this. He said, he who kills a bull is as if he slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb uh, as if he breaks a dog's neck. He who offers, a gra who offers grain offering as if he offers swine's blood. He who burns incense as if he blesses an idol just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. In other words, the Lord is saying, they're not trembling at my word. And so you come to me on Sunday and you, you offer me a bull, a sacrifice. Or, of course, back then we know they celebrated uh, the Lord's Day on Saturday. But, uh, you know, in the context of the church, we come and offer him our gifts our bulls and our sacrifices of lambs and, and our grain offerings and, and uh, all these things to the Lord. 
And because we, they were not trembling at his word, God says, your offerings are like the slaying of a man or breaking a dog's neck or, or offering swine's blood on my altar. In other words, he said, I don't care how pretty it looks. I don't care how much you gave. I don't care, you know, what amount you had given or anything else. To me, I won't accept it because you don't tremble at my word. That's why I said, if we don't tremble at God's word, everything else is performance. And it's an abomination. Our offering is an abomination before the sight of God. And then the Lord goes on to say here, this in verse 4. He says, so will I choose their delusions? See, you guys are deluded, man. You guys are delusional. If you think that you can come in here and not tremble at my word and then make offerings to God and raise your hands to me and that I will accept it, you're delusional. He says, and bring their fear. He says, uh, uh, he says uh, excuse me, verse 4, so will I choose their delusions and bring their fears on them? Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. You see God's point? If you don't tremble at my word, you know, you're just playing games. And you're doing evil in God's sight. It's time for us to surrender ourselves to God. Say, God, teach me how to, how to tremble at your word. Because that's the one that God looks upon. Say, I want God's favor. How many of you want favor? The favor of God. Amen? Amen. Not all of you, but most of you. Amen. No, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't get a grade for this. But isn't that what it's all about? Why are you in ministry? Why are you here? If it's not to seek his favor then you ought to quit school. It's really about his favor. If it's about me, it's about the wrong thing. We ought to tremble at his word. The Lord said, but on this one will I look. That word look in the Hebrew, and uh, is the Hebrew professor here tonight? Oh, okay, well, let's go over to him and pass that one. I won't even mention that. No. <laughs> Thought I'd take a chance. But the Hebrew word, on my Bible program, I might add, <laughs> is the word nabat. And it means to look intently at, to regard with pleasure, favor, or care. The one on whom I look. God says, I, I want to look on you. When I look at you, I'm looking at you for favor, for care. I want to bless you. I want to bless you above and beyond what you could ask or even think. But you must tremble at my word. God's gaze upon his people brings us favor. And I want God's gaze upon my ministry, upon my life. Not so that I can be popular, not so that I can, people will like me, but so that I may experience the favor of God. That I may, his eyes may be fixed on me and he may take delight in me. Now that's, that's really the goal of my ministry. If what I'm doing tonight is not pleasing to him, this is a complete waste of time. He said, this one I will look on. Those who are contrite in spirit, that means that you're humble before the Lord and who tremble at my word. 
children of Israel did not answer the Lord. They did not listen to the Lord. They weren't listening to him. They were not trembling at his word. Someone once said, actually was, uh, I'm quoting Tozer again, <laughs> in his book, God's Pursuit of Man. He said, the degree of blessing enjoyed by any man will correspond exactly with the completeness of God's victory over him. Let me say it again. The degree of blessing enjoyed by any man will correspond exactly with the completeness of God's victory over him. I have discovered in ministry that my love for self has robbed me of many of God's blessings. And, and, and it's not, I've got victory over the devil. No, with God, is how much victory does God have over you? How much of your life have you surrendered to him? How much do we tremble at his word? You see, that's really the key. It's not, it's not oh, I got victory over the devil. I, I understand that. I get that. You have a greater seed that's in me and all of that. But how much victory does God have over you? That's really the question that we have to answer in the church if we will see revival. That's really the question we have to answer within the church for the world to believe. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Revival always begins in God's house, not the White House. The psalmist says in Psalm 78, verse 41, he says, Yes, again and again they tempted God, speaking of the children of Israel, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Can you limit God? I think we limit God when we don't tremble at his word. They tempted God again and again to sin before him and limit God. It's, you know, here, here's one of my fears. I probably shared this last time I was here. But here's one of my fears is that I get to heaven and God says, well done, my good and faithful servant, but look what you could have done. And it all goes back to how much of myself am I going to give away so that God can have victory over me. And John the Baptist, of course, said, I must decrease that he might increase. It goes back to trembling at his word. Do I tremble at his word? Do I tremble before my God? We tremble before God because those who desire to tremble for, before God really are those who please God. Who please God. To tremble is to make God the ultimate decision maker in my life. To make God the ultimate decision maker in my life. Jesus, our example, prayed in the garden. We're getting ready to celebrate Easter here in a little while. And, but that garden scene, Gethsemane, when he prayed, and sweat mixed with blood, rupturing of his blood vessels under his skin and dripping blood from his face saying, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. In another place he said, My meat is to do my Father's will. My joy, my, my pleasure is to do my Father's will. Nevertheless, Lord, let your will be done in my life. You be the decision maker. Father, if it's your will, please let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, you're the ultimate decision maker. Do we say that in our lives? You can't say that and you will not pray that if you don't tremble at his word. But when you tremble, you seek to please him and him alone. 
Remember, it was Jesus who also said that unless you're willing to hate mother, father, brother, sister, and all, and even your own life, you can't be my disciple. And people think, well, Jesus wants me to hate my mother, my brother, my sister, my family. Jesus wants me to go home and slap my mama. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying your devotion to my word has to be so much greater in love for my word, so much greater in comparison to your love for your spouse and your children that when people compare the two, the distance is so great it looks like hatred. Lord, do I love you that much? Am I surrendered that much to you? It was E. Stanley Jones who once said this. He said, in the final analysis, what controls my actions? Self-interest or Christ's interest? In the deepest citadel of my spirit, who gives the final word? Do I or Christ? Close quote. In your relationships, in your ministry, who has the final authority? Well, if we tremble at his word, if his meat is to do, our meat is to do his will, our joy to do, is to do his will, then it'll be nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Pleasing God is the purpose for which we and the church exist. And when we please God, it's amazing how people are drawn to God. When we're walking with the Lord, amen, people are drawn to the Lord. When we please God, we finish well. And the only way we can finish well is to tremble at his word. I love what Paul said. He said in Acts, I think chapter 20, when they were talking about, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to bind you, and they're going to do this to you. And Paul said, hey, those things, nothing moved me. The only thing that moved me is that I finished the race God has called me to run, and that with joy. Here's my question. A lot of us are running the race. We've been putting up with all kind of mess at our church, and we're running. I'm trying, Lord, I'm running the race. But are you running it with joy? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. How do I run with joy? I must fall in love with his word. His word must be my delight. The psalmist said in Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. People have let me down. People will let you down. But what's your portion? If it's not God's word, you will fail miserably. And you'll be salt without flavor. It'd be good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot by men. But if your purpose is to please him, there's great joy in that. Because that's the spirit of God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the, spirit, the joy of the Lord is my strength, you know. The presence of the Lord is pleasures forevermore. That's why I want to be in his presence. And I'm in his presence because I tremble at his word. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Our church is on the west side of town. Many of you probably know that. I live in Stetson Hills. And I've complained for 16 years to God about driving for 30 minutes from Stetson Hills, other side of town, hitting red lights, you know, in danger of getting speeding tickets, all that, you know. It's tough to get a speeding ticket on the way to church, amen? But it is possible, amen? 
But I've complained. But you know what? I really do believe it. I'm just speculating. But I think God put me on the, on the east side to just refine me even more, to teach me how to be more patient. And I still drive, I drive all the way over there, and I'm just complaining. God, why do you put the church over there and me over here? This doesn't make sense. You know, why don't you move the church over here? No, you know, he doesn't listen to me. Amen. <laughs> but sometimes we complain with God. God, why am I here? Why is it? It is God who works in you. Not for your pleasure, but for his good pleasure. And that is a joy and rejoicing. But here, here's, here's what I want to leave you with. God's plan is always greater than my own. When you submit and yield to his word, he does exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or even think. Your plan is so limited and so lame. God's plan is so extravagant because everything God does through our lives, when it's God, takes us beyond our limitations to where only God can do it so he can be the only one to get the glory. But he can't do that if we won't believe his word or tremble at his word. You see what I'm saying? Well, this didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to, but it is God. Amen. It's for his glory. He wants us to know him. To tremble is to know him. Another quote here by um, Tozer, and I'll close with this. Tozer said this. He said, in religion, more than in any other field of human experience, a sharp distinction must always be between knowing about and knowing. The distinction is the same as between knowing about food and actually eating it. A man can die of starvation knowing only about bread, and a man can remain spiritually dead while knowing all the historic facts of Christianity. God wants us to know him. Not just know about him. And the only way to know him is to tremble at his word. Because in his word is life. And he exalts his word above his name. May the Lord bless you all. I know that I may have gone over a little. But please forgive me. I'd like to spend maybe the next couple of minutes just uh, asking God. You know, asking yourself. Am I a man or woman of God who really trembles at his word? Do I really tremble at the word of God? Am I the ultimate decision maker or is it God? And if the answer is it's me, then this is an opportunity to say yes, Lord, in your life. See, it's never about the pastor. It's never about the building and all this stuff. It's always about him. And it's always about how much of ourselves are we going to surrender so that he can be glorified. Are we willing to tremble at his word? The world demands men and women of God, of power, who will tremble at the word of God. Our time desperately needs it. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for reminding us that we must tremble at your word. And Lord, I don't know where I am on the, the schedule right now, but I just pray that if there's anyone here right now who says, Pastor, I want that. I want to know what it is to tremble at God's word. I want to be a man or a woman of God sold out to Jesus. I want to ask you if you get out of your seat right now and come and kneel here. And I want to pray a prayer over you and for me. And for this school, that God would raise up men and women of God who tremble at his word. Is there anybody here tonight who will want to come forward and pray with me? Thank you, Father.
Let's all stand and sing. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Amen. Brother Al, I want to thank you for coming tonight having pastored for 24 years, uh, I, I know the burden that Pastor Al carries for his people and the many hours that he has called on serving his people. And for him to take time out of his busy life to be here with us tonight is truly a blessing. To preach under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is what I would call a double blessing for us. Would you thank Pastor Al for coming? Here? I love this guy and I love to hear him preach. And I just really love to hear you preach. God bless you. I'm glad NBC had a small part in all of that. He was... Reminded me of those who taught him when he was here. All of those are on in heaven. And uh, I don't know how all that works, Brother Al, but it could be that some of those guys were looking down on you tonight. Saying, that's my man. That's my man. God bless you. Enjoy class. Enjoy class tonight. God bless you. Thank you for being here.